Get your Bibles out. We're going to go, and we're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to go back to Romans 10, and we're going to talk again about confessing the Word or developing great faith. Now, let me say some things again, and I, let me just pray. Father, we get into this. I just open the Word of God. I'm asking you to open up our hearts so we'll hear and see and walk in the light of everything that you show us in this Word in Jesus' name. One of the things when I got saved, the Bible did not feel real. Do you know what I mean when I say that? I'm not talking unbelief. When I say feel, I'm talking from the natural point of view. When I got saved because I came out of the world and I came out of a drug culture and I came out of, of, a, of, a, you know, of a biker culture and I came out all that. Even though I'm born again, I, I, that's a truth but I didn't feel like it was true. And there were scriptures that I read in my Bible, and they didn't seem real to me. And I got to thinking, how do you make, how do you get it to where this book seems real? I know it is real, and I want to know how it feels real. And the Lord began to show me, even then, to put the word in my mouth, Start saying it. And I remember the day that I read a scripture that uh, we're, that I think it was First John, um, in the beginning was the word, word with God and the word was God. Same was in the beginning. And it says that we might be sons of God. And I remember opening my mouth and saying, I'm a son of God. And I remembered how my brain kicked at that. My soul kicked at me. Like, don't you, don't you say that? Because it was so, you know, you're raised in the world. You don't, you're not raised in a Christian home at all. And re, the reality of what happens to you, you're, you're, you didn't just get forgiven of your sins. You became a new creation. But your spirit man became new. But your soul did not become new. Just because you got born again. So people have said this for years. How many souls got saved Sunday? Well, everybody that got on the word. But how many, the, the, real, the real truth is when people come forward and get born again, their souls are not getting saved. Their spirit man is. Their souls saved over time. Now, there was also a great controversy years ago between the Calvinist and the Armenians, two distinct different denominational thought processes then we would say Methodist versus Baptist or, you know, Pentecostals uh, over whether salvation is instant or process. And I'm going to tell you it's both. They were both because what happens is they would see scriptures over the process and go, well, it's a process. And there are scriptures that talk about if any man's in Christ is new creation, that's instantly. You've confessed the Lord Jesus. And so that's instant. So people say, no, salvation is instant. Other people say, no, it's a, it's a process. And, and they were both correct. They're both right. And it didn't, in the Bible says, you, we have to rightly divide the word of truth. So one of the things that I found out was that a person will never develop faith in God without confessing the word. That's how you develop your faith. You, if you're going to if, if you're gonna go to the gym, you're going to have to take some barbells and work that muscle. You're not asking God for muscles. You have muscles. So you have faith. 
He has dealt to every man the measure of faith, but you've got to work those dumbbells. You've got to work the bar. You've got to work them. And you're going to work the muscle. You're going to work it. Well, how do you work your faith? Well, you, you, you're going to have to put it in your mouth. So we start with Romans 10, 9, 10. Pop it on the screen and let's start. Let's go back there and let's make the statement. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Well, we mentioned this last week, and I'm going to say it again. It, it bears repeating Everybody on the earth, Jesus already died for them. So legally, legally, nobody goes to hell for sinning because Jesus already paid the debt. But yet 80% of the people on the earth, on the United States and 90 in the earth, they don't go to heaven when they die, even though it's for them. Because, well, number one, we're supposed to go in all the world and preach the gospel. And those who believe it and receive it are not condemned and those who don't receive it are damned. They're condemned already. So they can hear the gospel, but they're not promising God, I promise to be a better person. It's not what they're doing. I promise to go to church. I promise to be a good Christian. I promise to clean up my life. No, you're not doing any of that. That's what the Jews were doing. That's what Paul was talking about. So, so we're confessing that Jesus did it. Jesus did it. So if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, not Savior, Lord, we need to get in here one day and talk about what repentance is. Repentance, you can't serve God and Satan. No, don't even think you can. You, you cannot. And, and you, be, you believe in Christ. Did you know that? You, everybody on the earth believes in a Christ. Jesus Christ or Antichrist. Everyone is serving a Christ. Everyone, no, they say, well, I don't believe in Jesus. Well, you believe in Satan. You're either serving an Antichrist, which is anti-Christian, or you're serving Christ. You can't do both. Uh, no matter what you may think. So, so we, we need to talk one day about repentance because repentance is the birth canal for the new birth. You're turning from sin to God. That is the reason why it says in the book of um, Luke chapter 8, Satan comes immediately to steal the word of God out of their heart. What's he after? Did you mean what you just said? And that's what he's doing. That's what temptation is. Did you mean that? Now, right after I got born again, my buddy brought me my first case of beer. And nobody ever bought me a case of beer. <laughs> and I looked at him, I said, what's this? He goes, well, we were worried about you. <laughs> really? Yeah, you've been going down there around them holy rollers. And ever since then, we've been worried about you. So we bought you a case of beer. And I went, well, I'm not drinking it. And they said, what the heck? We went to the store and bought you a case of beer, and you're saying no? I said, absolutely. Well, I said, why haven't you ever bought me a case of beer before? And the girls that can't. You know, you flirt with girls, and they all slap you in the face, and you quit, and then they run after you. And I'm going, what gifts here? So anyway, need nothing. Okay, now let's look at this. If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart, 
God raised him from the dead for your sake, you'll be saved. Now, your confession changed that, but it, nothing happened until you opened your mouth and said, I believe Jesus Christ, Son of God. God's waiting on your mouth. Now, that, that, that makes that powerful. Jesus said, if you say to this tree, if you say to this mountain, he placed an enormous emphasis on a human being's ability to say things and establish things in their life. Things are never established because you never say they are. Let me jump way ahead of myself. If you're struggling with sin, confess Sin has no dominion over me. Why don't you just say it and renounce, go, Satan, I renounce you. You have no dominion over me. The saying of it establishes borders. And you, once, you, once you confess that you're not a sinner, you'll actually stop acting like one. I know that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Because many people get in the altar, oh, God, help me, oh, God, help me. Well, you're just, you're just, how many of y'all remember, or you ever did this, you ever got a car stuck in the mud? I don't know too many people anymore that do this. In Florida, it would be sand. Pull off the road and, wee, and the more you spin the tires, the worse it gets. You're not going anywhere. You finally are sitting on the axle. Well, that's what happens to most people get up in the altar. They just get up there and spin down to the axle. They just, that you start crying the problem, you're just digging a hole. So rather than cry that you're a no good, rotten so-and-so, why don't you just open your mouth and say, I'm freed from sin? Amen. I know that almost sounds opposite. You remember the bumper sticker? It was on cars for years. I'm not perfect. I'm forgiven. Did you know that's exactly backwards? You, you're not, you are perfect and not forgiven. You're not just forgiven, you're perfect. Now, if you put that on a bumper sticker, I mean, go ahead and buy, get one, put Word of Life on it, I dare you. That, you want a hair lip every Christian in this city? We're not forgiven, we're perfect. Word of Life Church, I mean, that, you talk about mess people up. But, but when, to, see, that's, that's called faith. Faith calls things that are not as though they are. It's not just for when you get sick, it's all the time. So, so let's look at another one here. Hebrews 4.14, go back over there. We're going over a couple of scriptures we went over. Hebrews 4.14 Seeing then we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, where is he? Sitting up in heaven. What for? For you. What's he there for? Well, that's quite a statement. Well, what is he doing there? He's guaranteeing the covenant. So that when you, now think about this. You still need to get a hold of God. How do you do it? You go through Jesus. So him being there is a guarantee 
of your covenant. You have a personal human representative at the right hand of God Amen. to plead your case for you. You go in there and go, oh, God, everything, things have not been going well in my life. Listen, he'll pick up your cause. That's, that's, that's good. So he's sitting there as the high priest of your what? Serious. What confession? The confession that Jesus is Lord. Right? See, when you, when you die, if you've confessed Jesus as Lord, you're going to stand, you're going you're gonna, to, the angels are coming to get you, and, the, and you're going to enter into the gates, and, and there's a, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But Jesus is there to guarantee your entrance. Not only when you die, but your entrance now when you need to pray. So he has to be there. He's actually in ministry. He, He entered a greater ministry now than he had when he was walking the earth. Someone's got to be in heaven for us. That's, you know, most people have no idea what, they just think he's up there walking around smelling the flowers. So let's look at this. Seeing we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, Son of God, hold fast your confession. And last week we said the word hold, the word fast is the word hold. And it says in the Greek, hold, hold. Why? Why? Hold, hold. I mean, listen, um, Mark Hankins says, get a grip on your lip. It means get a hold of truth and don't let anything take it out of your hand. Now, if you haven't noticed this, then you need to notice it. All of the earth and every devil in hell is trying to get you to stop living for God. You don't know that? Then you haven't been saved long. And it only affects certain people, right? No. No, it affects everybody. And I, and I think sometimes we need to come to church and hear someone say that. Because then the devil beats you up and goes, hey, nobody knows what you're going through. Let me tell you something. Everybody in this building knows exactly what you're going through. Just because I got born again does not mean the fight ended. I fight. There's a good fight. It's a fight we win, but it's a fight. Man, I'm going to tell you something. You're in a fight. You're in a fight. And I mean, the devil tempts you and the devil harasses you and, he, and he's out there. And if the devil's not, he's using other people and it's constant. You got circumstances coming against you. You got people coming against you and then you got stuff coming at your mind. So what do you do and how do you fight that fight? With the word of God, you put the word in your mouth. So you hold, hold on it. I mean, you get a hold. If any man's in Christ, he is a new creation. And the devil goes, well, you say you're a Christian. I said I'm a new creation. Well, how do you feel? I said I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away and everything became new. Yeah, but you had a bad thought. I said I'm a new creation. What in the world am I doing? Uh, You ain't taking this out of me, my mouth. You're not getting that word out of my mouth. Now, Now, see, how do you... Jesus talked to the devil. Do you? You should. Out loud. In front of your family. I mean, just, I, I, I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story. Jesse DePlantis, I, I try to act like, Jesse. Jesse's crazy. 
Well, when Jesse got born again, he had a real drinking problem. Well, he's from Louisiana. He was a Cajun. I love the story of him telling him going down to Mexico and, and, and mama call him on the phone and Holy Ghost tell him where he is. He's, mama, how'd you find me in Mexico? Well, he said he was driving down the road one day and he was going to a church to preach. And, uh, and they had this little kid in the front seat with him, you know, driving the great mighty man of God. And Jesse's in the back praying in the Holy Ghost and they went by a beer sign. And the devil said, when you're like a cold one. And Jesse's looking at that beer sign going by. And finally he went, shut up, Satan, in Jesus' name. And, I, and then he started, and the poor kid driving just, jumped, just about jumped out of his britches, you know. And Jesse's in the back rebuking the devil for making him think about a good cold Miller high life right now on the way to go to church to preach. You know? Well, you know, I had, those, I had those thoughts for a while after I got saved. I'd be, a, I'm telling you what, I tell you, a good cold one would be good right now. And I'd go, Jesus' name, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. You know, people say, well, where would you learn that scripture? Fighting the devil. <laughs> so so you, you hold on. Hold on to the word of God. Because there's somebody is trying to take it. Amen. And so not only that, but you need to find a good church where a good pastor preaches kind of stuff to you. It's absolutely the truth. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so last week we talked about Adam and Eve. We talked about the fact that Eve came out of Adam and Eve is Adam. That'll blow your mind. And then we talked about we're one with God. We're one. And we talked about who you are in Christ, if any man's in Christ. And we talked about the fact that's your primary confession. Now, let me stop right here. Put 2 Corinthians 5, 17 on there. I want to show you something. It's amazing to me how many Christians think, they still think it, I don't care where you go on this planet, that I am a sinner saved by grace. The, bit, the most difficult subject, and we'll get into this maybe tonight, that you'll ever hear is the subject of righteousness. You want, a, you want some flack? Kick back in church? Stand up and say, I'm righteous. Gee, man, you will stir religious devils all over the place. Kenneth Copeland said he caught more flack preaching righteousness on the radio than anything he's ever preached in his life. Satan hates it. But the average Christian sees himself as a sinner who's only been forgiven of their sins. If that's true, Jesus didn't need to go to the cross. He could have done that without the cross. Didn't need to. So mo the, most people don't have any idea that their spirit man is new. Yeah. It is brand yeah. new. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got some things I want to say, but I better, I better, I better back off. You're a new species, a new race. There's only two races. And ain't a color in it. Ain't black and white. 
It's Adam, Jesus. There's only two races on the earth. First race is a total failure. Total failure. So Jesus came and made a new one. And the other one is so bad. This is what God thinks of your body. He's going to kill it and leave it here. Don't get enamored with your flesh because God is going to make you leave it here. Don't you bring that thing up here. <laughs> so I wouldn't get too enamored about your flesh right now anyway. And all of you young bucks want to buff up on yourself and all. That's good. That's good. Do it while you can. <laughs> Start praying against Chester drawers. And your chest falls in your drawers. Gravity takes over. My favorite story is I used to do that. <laughs> we met a guy out the other day in the foyer, and they were talking about karate. I used to take taekwondo. I mean, I, I, I was in the gym. I was down there every night for two years. And we were in a bad boys club, and we learned to hit people, hurt people. We did all kinds of stuff. And I told somebody one day, I said, you know, I can't fight like that no more. So I got a gun. <laughs> I just saved a lot of fighting. No, you slap me once, and then that's <laughs> gonna be it. I don't. I only got enough time to hit you just to back up and get my hands on it. Okay, that's enough of that. I, I thank y'all. That's a little too much. I'm gonna tell you right now. I went to church, and all he talked about was guns. Come back next week. We'll talk about rifles. All right. Hand grenades or something. Go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. First confession, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You're a new creation. You're a new species of being. Old things are passed away. You, can, you need to get that scripture in your mouth. And, it, and I mean often. Did, didn't, didn't Satan say to Jesus, if you're the son of God? And he's going to challenge you too. Galatians 3.13. The next one is Galatians 3.13. And I want, you to, I want you to look at this carefully. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through our faith. All right, now let's look at another one real quick. Ephesians 1. Go to Ephesians it's two pages to the right, one, three. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing you'll ever need this side of heaven in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Just as he chose us in him that we would be holy without blame before him in love. Say, I'm without blame right now before him in love. And he predestined me. That's not Calvinism. He didn't predetermine who gets saved and who does not. He predestined that everybody that comes to him would come through Jesus. That's what that means. He predestined adoption as sons by Jesus to himself according to the good pleasure, to the praise of his glory, of his grace, to which he's made us accepted in the beloved. You're accepted. You may not feel accepted, but you're accepted. And in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. What does the word redemption mean? I said all of that to say this. Let's talk about forgiveness first. Forgiveness means a cancel of debt. To treat someone as not guilty. 
You remember when Jesus met the man and he came and he dropped down through the roof and he says, your sins are forgiven you? That man was not born again. That man was not redeemed. Let's go a step further. Let's, let's just go. I'm going to just kind of listen and let this sink in. Abraham wasn't born again in the Old Testament. So why does it say that righteousness was accounted to him? You know what an accountant is? CPA. And you know that sometimes they, they will place things on your account. So how did Abraham become righteous? It's accounted to him because of his faith future. In other words, he never got born again, but God took his faith and placed it on his account that he could use that when Jesus rose from the dead. Now, he was down in hell until Jesus died and rose from the dead. Abraham's bosom, remember Abraham in Luke 16 was talking to the rich man over there, and he's talking to a guy in hell. Well, well, paradise was down in the region of the damned, and nobody was in heaven. So don't let anybody tell you that righteousness has been accounted to you. It's not being accounted to you, you are. We're on this side of the cross. We're not, we don't have righteousness accounted to us. We are righteous. It's not a promissory note. You are redeemed. Now, what's redeemed mean? The forgiveness means the cancellation of a debt. That means that somebody did something to me and I say, well, I'm going to forgive you of that. Okay. But what's, what's, what's redemption mean? Um, procuring the deliverance of a person or a thing from the possession and power of the captor. That, that means someone was on the slave block, damned, and someone came by and bought the slave. That's not forgiveness. That's redemption. So you got yourself in a bind so bad you couldn't pay the debt. Now, your debt, if you want to put a monetary value on it, it's a billion dollars to the billionth power. Come up with some money for that one, darling. You can't do it. That is the reason why all of the religions in the world, Buddhism and all that mess, those guys are dead. You, somebody had to die who's righteous and pay the debt. You had to have a perfect man to pay your debt. You couldn't have an imperfect man pay your debt. It had to be the blood of Jesus. It wasn't the blood of Jesus. You, your debt did not get paid. That's why all the religions on the world don't work. Doesn't matter what you believe. Jesus didn't come give us a philosophy. He, come, he came and took our place and took his blood before the mercy seat and paid the debt so that he could come down and buy you back from the captor who had you bought. You belong to Satan. You belong to him. And you can't get out of that just because you don't like it. So how do you get out of it? You plead the blood. You've got an adversary whose full intentions is to take you to hell. 
when you die. Full intention. Except for the fact that you know you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Satan understands that he can't pass over that blood. That's what the story in the Old Testament was, Passover. Once the devil saw the blood, he can't cross the blood. Now let's think about this. You're standing in a courtroom with a holy God and that God is looking at you. You can't say not guilty. That's a lie. You can't say innocent. That's a lie. You can't say I am guilty. Now you damned yourself. What are you, what in the world are you going to say to this guy? I plead the blood of Jesus. When Jesus steps up beside you and he says, Father, I paid their debt. God goes, redeemed. And you're off the chopping block and back into the right graces of God. That's the reason why it says in the book of Revelation, we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb. You're in there talking about, I did good this week and I've been tithing all that. Shut up. God don't give a roll flying rip about how good you've been, bad you've been, or your tithing record. Only thing, only way you getting in the throne room is the blood. You start talking blood and God goes, wait a minute, they're talking blood. I need to have a conversation. The word mercy seat means the place you meet with God. He told him in the Old Testament, I'll meet you at the mercy seat. You want to talk with God, you've got to walk in there when there's blood on that mercy seat or you're not coming in. So when it says, when you say this confession, and let's look at it. I, in him, I have redemption through his blood. How often should you say that? A whole lot, darling. Why? You want it? It's, it's already real. It's already real. But it's not real to you. You still feel like last year's, you know, old tire. Oh, I feel like an old sinner. Well, yeah, you do. But you know what? What if you opened your mouth and said, I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the devil goes, well, who do you think you are? I'm redeemed. I've been bought back by the blood of Jesus. The more you say it, the more real that becomes, and you're activating that scripture. You're causing God to bless you. Why? Because he thinks you're Jesus. You sound like name it, claim it. Yeah. Uh, I'm guilty as charged. In him, I have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of my sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward me in all wisdom and prudence. Oh, that's an awesome thing to say about yourself. I'm going to tell you a danger. When you talk Bible to yourself all day, you're going to do it in public. And you're going to get looked at. You know, someone says something to you, you say, well, I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I have the wisdom of God and the mind of Christ. Ain't nobody knows the mind of Christ. I said, I do. I have his mind. Well, ain't none righteous. No, not one. I'm, I'm as righteous as God. 
We key you, Morgan. We key you for saying that. I, oh, I had a construction job one time, and, and, and they, they chased me around with shovels and would try to kill me one out because I told them I was righteous. And they said, you ain't righteous. Ain't nobody, no righteous, no not one. I said, I'm as righteous as God himself. Woo, you want to stir up a religious bunch of devils telling me you're righteous. But it's true, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. It's not my fault. You ignorant. You ignorant thing. You ignorant. <laughs> I, I, I do have to tell you that I enjoy doing it a little bit. It's just fun to mess with people. You know, I used to could mess with Lisa. She's no fun anymore. I used to get her going. I had all, I mean, I, she just, it wouldn't take much to get her going. Now she just goes, whatever. <laughs> you are no fun to mess with. Her. I was going to tell them a story about the highway and the 50, but I won't tell them that story. I told them that before. Yeah, you do. Ephesians 2. <laughs> I got to tell it now. Ephesians 2.13. Look at this. Now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Someone said, I'm trying to get a hold of God. Well, why do you want to do that? Watch people pray that thank God's in heaven. It's hilarious. Oh, God! Kumbaya! Where is he? He can't get any closer, darling. He's inside you. Isn't this fun? Isn't this just fun? It's, it's fun knowing the truth. You, if you know the truth, you can have lots of fun with people. <laughs> Tell somebody, we're coming over for dinner. You bringing Lisa? No, coming, but me and Jesus. <laughs> Start referring to yourself as we. All right. Someone said, you've gotten a lot bigger. I said, yeah, he's big, ain't he? Never mind. Confession number three. Go to Romans 6. Somehow or another, I missed Colossians. No, I did not. They're coming up. Go to Romans 6. This is what I said a while ago. And I battled. When I first got saved, you battle with thoughts. And you battle with temptations and you battle with all kinds of stuff. And, and it's, it's not like you're bad, but, but you're still in the world. And, and I kept, you do something wrong, get, oh, God, forgive me. You do something wrong, oh, God, forgive me. And I thought, there's got to be a little better way to live than that. And then one day I found this scripture. For sin shall not have dominion over me. I'm not under the law of a grace. Sin has no dominion over me. Why am I fighting with sin? It has no dominion over me. The statement, everybody's got to sin 
a little every day. That's a lie. You don't need to sin a little bit every day. Sin has no. Now, is sin synonymous with sickness? Is sin synonymous with Satan? It is. So Satan shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law but grace. Let's look at this one. Sickness. You don't have dominion over me. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. What a powerful thing to say with your mouth. Sickness has no authority over me. Go to Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to show you something here. This is where I wanted to go. I had a girl came to me out of the Bible school, and she wanted to be delivered. But she's a Christian. And, and you know, I, I, I asked her first. I said, where do you go to church? If you're having trouble with a devil, I can tell you the first problem you're having is you don't have a church and a pastor. That's what your church family's for. But you know, you, you, many people don't have a church. And they have trouble with the, with the devil and they want someone to help them. Well, you can't help someone like that. So my first thing was, well, do you even have a church, family that you can go to? Now, for years, we, 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 I listened to Norval Hayes talking about casting devils out of people. And, and I've cast devils out of people. Let me just tell you this. I've cast devils out of people. I've cast them out of them in this church, right? When I'm preaching, they start screaming. Ah, we hate you. I said, I know it. Shut up and come out. And I've been overseas where I've seen people slither up the middle of the aisle on their belly with their tongue coming out like a snake. And they're, and they're on their belly. And they're moving. Their belly is moving like a snake. And they come up and they sit right there and raise their head up. And I don't get bothered by it. I just walk over there and just cast the devil out of them. The devil's not that big a deal. He's defeated. Well, what happens when you have Christians who are constantly being harassed in their mind. They might need some help. So what you're doing is you're taking authority over that devil for them. You cannot get them free and them stay free if they're not real, willing to get in the word and grow and resist the devil. After, after casting the devil out of them a couple of times, you're going to have to teach them how to resist it. Now, now I said that. I, I know a woman. <laughs> oh, I know a woman. Right after I got born again that was in my kitchen, cussing, screaming, and throwing fits. And I asked the Lord, I said, what in the world? He said, it's the devil. And, 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 the, and I kept looking at this young lady and saying, you know, you just need to confess Jesus. And, and the more I'd say that, the more she'd fight me. Let me tell you something. If, if, when people have a devil in them, they hate church. They hate, they hate the Bible, hate church. And that's a demon. You, they're, they're, now, now you, can a Christian have, not in, their, not in their spirit, man, but in their soul they can have one. I had a girl came in one time, and she was a prostitute, and she murdered a guy 
before, and, and, and I prayed a sinner's prayer with her, and I went into her apartment one day, and I'm, I'm working in there, and, um, you know, I probably should not have done that kind of stuff. You know, I'm a maintenance man, and I'm going in people's apartments, and next thing you know, there's a girl in there, and she goes, you know, and I, I was talking to her about Jesus, she says, I can't be saved. I murdered a guy, so I talked to her. Well, the next day, next night, she came over to my house and said, I tried to go to Calvary Assembly, and they wouldn't let me in. Well, that's because she was had on short shorts and a thin halter top, and that's all. Everything's showing. And the ushers wouldn't let her in the church. And she knocked on my door mad at the church because they wouldn't let her in. And so I, you know, she's screaming and cussing, the church won't let me in, the church won't let me in. And so I reached out there and I said, well, come in, I'm going to pray for you. And then a man spoke out of her. Don't you touch us. We'll kill you. Now, that'll make the hair stand on the back of your you know, When a man talks to you out of a woman, I will, we will kill you. And I said, I don't die. I was crucified with Christ. And so I grabbed her by the head and cast the devil out of her. Now, there's, casting the devil out of people is not that big a deal. He'll, ah, that's a big deal. It's not really. You've got authority over him. But you've got to learn who you are and resist him. You can't, get, you can't get saved and play with sin. He'll come back. We need to, one, one day, and I want to do it on a Sunday bad, we really need to talk about what the scripture means, falling away. You think, and, and here's the problem that I have with this. You have Christians in church that will get mad at me for preaching it, and your teenagers better hear it. So what do you do? Because church on Sunday is really nothing more than a bless me club. You tell me what I want to hear, I'm going somewhere else. We're not a teaching center, we're a family. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. That's why God told you, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. You need church. You need people. You need one another. Because you're in a fight, baby. You're in a fight. All right, now look at this. Giving thanks to the Father who qualified us, made, made us able to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. We are. Now look at the next one. Who delivered us, not going to not going to, has past tense delivered us from the power of darkness and placed me into the kingdom of the son of his love. You better know that. You better know that because as a Christian, you're going to run around when you start having a problem and thinking, oh, I need deliverance. No, you don't need deliverance. One more time. You don't need deliverance. You've been delivered. You need to declare your deliverance. You need to look at Satan and go, I have been delivered. I mean, even if you are living in sin, repent of it, plead the blood, and then tell the devil, I'm delivered from you in Jesus' name. Now you go. You will never win the silent battle. You will never win. A, you don't win with the devil with your mouth shut. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, 99 and 9 tenths of the Christians on this planet never heard what I just said. You're not, you don't need deliverance. You've been delivered. 
Now, if you get back in it, he's going he's gonna to mess you up. You might just be a messed up saint. But he delivered you from the power of darkness and placed you in the kingdom of the son of his love. Now, that girl who came to me and says, I need deliverance. I looked at her and I, I thought to myself, you know how many people I've cast devils out of like you, darling? And you always go back. Unless you look at me and tell me you're going to get in the word, I'm not doing it. not casting a devil out of you and then you walk out of here and go back in the same mess you were just in because you think I'm going to get a devil out of you and you have no responsibility between you and God you've lost your mind I'm not doing that now when I first read that honest to God my soul kicked it I'm delivered I went no I'm not delivering power of darkness I act like a heathen your soul fights you but you are delivered from the power of God. You're, you may have a flesh and you may have an unrenewed mind, but Satan's not your Lord at all. You're, he's not even remotely your Lord. And your sin is none of his business. So if he wants to bring up your, 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 your sin, your, your past, remind him of his future and just tell him to take a hike. You don't, you don't owe him anything. You're not in his kingdom. Stop talking about what the devil's doing. The devil's hindered me all day. The devil's been after me. Bless his holy name. You're not going to believe with the devil. Hush. The devil is a blind, toothless lion. He might be gumming you to death, but leave him alone. All he can do is lie. That's all, all he's able to do is lie. So if you're all bound up, you just believe the lie, getting the truth. Now, there might be some times you need to just resist him real good. Listen, and if you get tempted to sin, you don't have lust inside of you. You're a new creation. What were we talking about a while ago? You have a spirit of lust, get on you, go, that's that's not coming out of me. Get off me, you foul thing, go. If you don't know this, you'll go, I guess I wasn't delivered. I got a spirit of lust on me. I got, I got bound up by a spirit of lust. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm bound up by a spirit of pornography. And the devil's going, yeah, you are, sucker. Does that make sense to you? Well, why don't you look at him and go, no, I'm delivered from you. And all the while, your body's going, Don't look at me like, there's no kids in here. Well, I don't know. There might be one or two. I tell the story, and I hate to tell it because people got mad at me. When I was a maintenance man, I had a few girls approach me, and none of them were ugly but one. (laughs) When your marriage is not doing good, you kind of like, that's a thought. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. We thought you were stronger than that. I was. I ran like Joseph. I ran and got out of that place. But you know what? You have to talk to yourself and you got to talk. You got to go, no, don't you even think about getting on me. Now listen, anger, when you, when, you know, when something's testing you and you're thinking bad thoughts about another person, talk to that spirit. Shut up. God, no, the love of God is shed and brought in my heart. Shut up. Get off of me. 
No, 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 I'm going to pray for them right now. You sorry dog. Don't you put that in my head. That's not coming out of the inside of you. Are you a new creation? It's not coming out of you. Now, don't yield to it and say it wasn't me. Wasn't me. My body did it. I didn't slap them, my hand did. Does this help y'all? Okay. So, so scriptures like that have helped me. Um, Colossians 2.15, look at this one. Having disarmed principality and power, he made a public spectacle triumphant over them. He's already whipped Satan. He's a defeated foe. You don't have to beat him. He's beat. All you've got to do is lord over him his defeat. Now, let me make a statement to y'all. When I married Lisa, I have never had my ex back yet. Is that all right? When I married Jesus, I didn't have my ex back. I don't want the devil back in my life. He don't have to come and live with me. Does that make sense to y'all? When you, when, you, when you get a new relationship, cut the old one off. Throw the pictures in the garbage. You don't need to hang on to that stuff. Start a new leaf in life and go on. Amen. So Satan's defeated. Leave that dude alone. Okay. Luke 10, 19. We'll, and we'll change confessions in a minute. We're doing good. Behold, I give you, say me, authority to trample serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. Y'all want to know how many times I've said that? A lot. How many times, Lisa? A lot. I have authority over serpents, scorpions, and all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm me. Now, when you get on a plane and you go to Honduras and the devil goes, well, you're going to die down here in a mission field. You go, no, I'm not going to die in a mission field. I got authority over serving scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm me. Amen. You go to bed at night and fear gets on you. Put the word in your mouth. Amen. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. Power of love and a sound mind. Ain't no book of man under my bed. Nope. Give me authority over all the work of the enemy. No weapon formed against me or prosper. Amen. I've got authority. Now, sickness. I got authority over all the work of the enemy. I got authority over cancer. I've got authority over, oh, I, I got authority over, I got authority over all of his work yes. in my home, my family, and on me. No, you can't come here. No, you can't come. Yes. Now, I'm going to tell you this story. You got to watch how you say that when your windows are open. <laughs> when I was building the log cabin, we didn't have any windows in the house, but I was up in the second story and I was working. And I don't know what in the world the devil was doing, but I was giving him fits. Now, you know, that sounds really weird when you're walking around your house talking to the devil. Now, yeah, I'm going to tell you something, Satan. And then you walk to the porch and your neighbor's looking up. And you go, hi. And they go, bye. <laughs> and you're going... She thinks I'm an absolute fruitcake. And yeah, I probably did look like one running around my cabin t- talking to the devil. 
I got to tell you another one. When I was working at Certain Teed, I was doing the same thing one night. I worked the shift from um, midnight to morning, and I'm loading boxcars on the back dock. And in Georgia, the, the, the fog rolls in around 3 in the morning. And it's just eerie. And it's, and it's dark. And there's one light back there. You know, the light's like that one, but small. And it's dark, just one light. And I'm back there and loading a boxcar by myself. And there's a guy on a forklift. And he's a little black guy. And he's bringing me. The whatever I need, and, and I'm back there, and, 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 I'm, and I'm rebuking the devil. Satan, you shut up. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I come out, and this little black boy is on the forklift, and his eyes are about that big around. He said, the devil back here with you? I said, well, he was. He goes, well, I'm going up front. He got him in forklift, and he scared that poor kid out of his mind. If the devil back in with you, I'm going back up front. I won't be bringing you no more stuff tonight. <laughs> see, you got to open the door. You got to look around and see before you start talking to the devil who's around. And if you're married, your wife in the room holler and say, honey, stop talking to me. And you know, I wasn't talking. Well, maybe I was. No, I'm teasing. No, I'm teasing. No, I'm teasing. No, I'm just joking. All right, all right. Here's one more, and we'll close with this one. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. This is another one people have a major issue with is fear. Now, someone said, well, I was afraid. No, no, you weren't. If God did not give you a spirit of fear, can you produce it? No, you can't, but you can yield to it. Now, you have to know this because when fear tries to get on you, you must know it is a spirit. So I've had times when I woke up in the morning and finances were bad and and, and the doctor gave me a bad report. And, and, and I mean, there's all kind of bad stuff happening. You wake up at four in the morning, the devil's just leaning over, waiting on your eyes to open. And he goes, you know what, I'm going to kill you. You're going broke. You know you're going broke. You're going broke, fool. You're going broke. And fear, get on you. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And you'll start thinking like that. You start entertaining his thoughts. And, and, you, and that fear gets on you. It's real. Don't you pretend like you ain't never had no fear get on you. It gets on people. It's a spirit, though. It, you're not producing it. You don't go around saying, I was afraid. No, you weren't. That's a, that is a literal spirit on you. And you got to talk to it. No, you get off me, fear. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. Now, greater is he that's inside of me. No, I'm not going broke. I'm not going under. I'm not dying early. Long life. No, in Jesus' name. No, you're not. No, you're not sending my kids to hell. No, you're not. No, you're not. In Jesus' name. No, fear, go. And you've got, you got to talk this way. You, you get paralyzed. Something happens and you freeze up. I was on an airplane with a man one time. And 
and um, we took off from um, Sandy Point. We're at Cherokee 140, and he pulls the nose up, and he starts stalling out. You can't, you can't climb faster than the, than the airplane will take you. You, 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 you got to level off and get some speed and climb slowly. You pull the nose up, it'll finally just stop. Think of a bicycle. You can paddle it. You get too steep of a hill, you're not going anywhere. And the airplanes do that. I don't know if y'all know that. You can get too steep. F-16, no. But a Cherokee 140, yes. So this guy is taking off Sandy Point, and he looks at the ocean right below us. We take off. I mean, the ocean's right there. And he pulls the nose up, and I'm looking at the VSI, and we're, we're going, we're pointed up, but we're going down. He got fear on him, and he froze. And he's flying, and, he, and we're dying. Anyway, he's, he's to my right. I'm on the left seat, and I took him, and I beat him off the yoke. I took my hand, and I beat him off that yoke, and I beat his arms, and I took the airplane, and I shoved the nose forward and took us and dove us toward the ocean, right down toward the water. Right when I got about three feet over the water, I pulled the nose and leveled the airplane off so the prop wash would get under the wings and we'd fly again. I had to be right near the water to fly. And so he's over there scared. Like He's frozen in fear. How do you keep from getting frozen in? How do you stop it? You've got to practice what you would do before you get in it, before you get in it. Don't wait till you get in it to try to fix this problem. If you, when you learn to fly an airplane, take the airplane out in the hangar and fly it and never crank it up. Take, take your mind and go through every dumb, stupid thing you could ever do in that plane and then get yourself out because your mind does not know that plane is not running. You can train yourself to play golf and never get out of bed. I mean, people are, oh, hole in one. Your mind is powerful. So you've got to conquer, you got to conquer problems before you get to them. That's another whole subject. Anyway, I beat this guy off, got the airplane, got the airplane back up to speed and picked the nose back up. And, and he's supposed to be my senior. Just because you're my senior doesn't mean you fly better than me. Because I fly better than everybody I know. Anyway. So I took the airplane, and I climbed back up to about 1,000 feet, and I handed it back to him, and we're supposed to fly to, um, oh, 100, 100 degrees. And he turns to zero, 100 degrees in a 45-degree bank, stalls the wing out, and we start sinking. And I beat him off the yoke again, and I looked at him, and I said, I, and I leveled the airplane out and pushed the yoke up and climbed up, and I said, I'm supposed to give you this plane back, but I'm going to tell you something. You bank us again like that, I'm, I'm going to put you out <laughs> up here. <laughs> so when we got back to T- Titus, not Titusville, um, Fort Pierce, I looked at the guy I was flying with. I said, I ain't flying with this guy anymore. He like to kill me today. But, f- you know, f- don't think fear is not a real force. It's the, it's the very thing it's the, it is your faith perverted, folks, and it'll work just like faith will work. Satan gets you in fear. He'll get you into the thing, that thing you greatly feared, it will come on you. 
That's why you got to get that off you. You can't, you can't run around with fear in you, thinking what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Oh, my God, I got cancer. I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Talk about I'm going to heaven, I'm going to heaven. Get the fear off you. Don't run around with that stuff on you. And don't talk it. Boy, zip your lip. Unless you're going to talk the word. Anyway, God hadn't given me a spirit of fear. Where was I? Let me, let's, let's do this one more. Isaiah 41.10. Let's read this and we'll close. Next, next Wednesday night, Lord willing, I want to get into confessing the word over finances. Amen. And I'm going to give you a secret. There's no, God ain't got no money in heaven to give you. It's all here. Okay, let's read this one. Fear not. This is God talking to you. Said God's talking to me. Fear not. I'm with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, that, what a powerful thing to say in the middle of a bad situation. I'm not afraid. I'm not dismayed. He is my God. He strengthens me. He helps me. And he upholds me with his righteous hand. I'm not afraid. I have, no, I refuse fear. God is for me. He's on my side. He will help me. Now, now, all we've been doing for the last hour is talking about confessing the word. Do you understand why you now need to put this in your mouth? You're, you're activating that scripture. If you don't activate it, it's a seed that you never put in the ground. You say, well, what, how many times do you have to plant the seed? Well, Paul said you plant, but you've got to water it. How do you water it? Same word. So, so the, more, the more you put the word in your mouth, the greater faith you're going to walk in. If you say, well, you know, I'm just having a hard time believing God. Don't, don't let the devil beat you up. Just go, oh, I know what to do. Get your Bible out. Get these scriptures out and start confessing them. You're not trying to become anything. You're walking in the light of what's already yours. Does this make sense? So, faith is the currency in the spirit realm. You can spend it like money. Wow. Does that make sense? So, you say, well, I know people that are more blessed than me. Well, they're spending their faith. Don't spend your fear. Spend your faith. Now, one more use, one more word. You have to school yourself. Now, let's go back, and I'm out of time, but let me go back some. When I started flying airplanes, and I realized I couldn't afford to fly all the hours I needed to to learn to fly this thing, that, that airplane was unfamiliar to me. And when you get in a twin... There's a, there's a lot of workload, and you're making things happen fast. So you've got to get up there and call out, engine out. You just lost an engine. Right foot, dead foot, dead engine. You've got to go through that process because your mind is just going to lock up until you do it over and 
over and over and over and over and over. And one day you lose an engine, you'll just doom, 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 lay it over and fly the plane. It's just like walking down the street. If that's true with flying, it's true with playing the guitar. I talk to Elise all the time, and I said, how do you find all them frets? And, just, and they just, they, they find them, and they know, the, you know they're not, and they're not, they're just singing, and, and their hand is doing everything, and they don't even, they're not thinking about nothing. And you're, I'm going, huh, I could not ever find them frets. I'd be going, strum. Um, and that's the way some of y'all look by with faith. Where is that scripture? Um, hold on, it's a second. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, I think so. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Dum. Come on, Pastor. At least I'm trying. So how how do you get better? You just do it a lot. You just do it a lot. And I know this. Now I said what well, because don't. School yourself. School yourself in faith. Believe bigger than you think you can. Talk bigger than you think you can. Stop talking bad about yourself. Stop. Well, I can't. Be quiet. You've got to change your mouth. Boy, I wish I had another 15, 20, 30 minutes. I, When I, let me do something here, and I think Mike will understand this. When I started shooting guns, I got to a place that I stopped in my ability. And I went to YouTube, and I watched people faster than me so I could see it. Once I saw it, I bought it. Does that make sense? And so once I saw it, I broke the barrier in my soul. And I thought, if this works with a gun, would it work with a Bible? Mm -hmm. People who want to lay hands on the sick, it's because you see them dying. I laid hands on them, they died. Well, go out and find sick people and start laying your hands on them. Whether they died or not is irrelevant. They were dying anyway. (laughs) But start practicing. Does that make sense? You're not ever going to get good at anything if you don't ever do it. Right. What was the little guy we were talking about The little with the crazy hair like a lion? What's his? Todd? Todd White? He, he spent a year, he prayed for everybody for a year, and, and nobody ever got healed. He would find a sinner and go, let me pray for you. Listen, there's nobody helping him anyway. Doctors practice, why don't you? And they charge you to do it. I'm practicing. Give, give me 500 bucks. Well, why don't you pay me $500 for you to practice on me? You know. So, so practice this. School yourself. Get your Bible out and don't be afraid. Don't, don't, don't let the devil mess with you and you start confessing scripture. I do it right. Nah, 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 nah. Stop. Just start confessing it. Whether you believe it or not. Whether you think you're doing it, just do it. Just say it anyway. After a while, your soul will go, no, I actually believe that. 
And you will school yourself in to the point that that scripture is more real to you than circumstances. Right. And it, it just happens. I don't know when it happens, but one day I picked up and went, yeah. man, that thing's more, more real to me than that scripture is real to me. Yeah. That's powerful. Yes, now I am the word. Well, that'll mess people up. Now go home today and tell your relatives to go to another church. I'm the word. <laughs> you want to start a fight in your house, do it. You are not. Well, did, did y'all confess Romans 10, 9, 10? Did you get saved? So now you are Romans 10, 9, 10. Isn't that right? Did you, did you get filled with the Holy Ghost to Acts 2, 4? You are Acts 2, 4. There's a lot of other scriptures God's waiting for you to become. This is fun, isn't it? Well, let's pray over y'all. Father God, thank you for the chance tonight to open up the word of God and go over this stuff. This is good stuff. And I thank you for the fact that we're able to come in here and learn these truths that have worked for thousands of years. And any of us can change. Any of us can do it. Our future is ahead of us, and it's as bright as we want it to be. I mean, you've got a book full of, of the Word of God that are, some people call them promises. They're really facts, and they're all for us. And, Father, I pray that we'd grab a revelation of practicing the, the, the Word of God. Just put it in our mouth. Just, just learn, learn to act on this and confess who we are and watch it begin to change us from the inside out. And we give you glory and honor for that, sir, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.